Hi, this is Desiree. And this is Lauren. And this is Black, Black Enough. Enough. Hey, everybody. Uh, happy birthday, Barack Obama. Beat you to it, Desiree. That's fine. It's still Leo season. I am <laughs> totally fine with worshiping whatever Leo, especially Mr. Barack Obama and Mrs., even though it's not her birthday. But it's every day is her birthday. So Seriously. We Michelle. Her life daily. I'm getting life from her dancing at the Beyonce concert. Oh, my gosh. She's so perfect. I haven't seen it. Um, she went to two. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and she's like dancing. And the second time I think Barack is there, and the first time he's not. The first time she's dancing with Beyonce's mom. Oh <laughs> yes. So that's amazing. It's a whole thing. Um, so how how are you? A great. How are you? <laughs> Um, you know, it's, I'm going to die alone, but it's fine. Oh, that went in a different direction. (laughs) (laughs) It's no, it's fine. I've accepted it. It's just going to be me and my cats. And, you know, potentially if I have enough money, I'll just have my own baby. So. Yeah. Word. Um, yeah. To to bring it back up, let's talk about diversity in the workplace. (laughs) (laughs) We're just, like, so great at, you know, transitions here on the show. Yes. I am on uh, my my third hard cider. So a. just so everybody knows where I'm at on this beautiful day. <laughs> uh, so today we are talking about um, our experiences in the workplace. We both uh, have very different experiences, but also similar ones that I feel like are kind of general and a lot of people go through. Um, but the first thing that we always bring up is our topic in the news. And this happened I almost exactly a year ago, I think. I remember it popping up on my Facebook feed. Um, this woman, and I'm probably butchering her last name, but her name is Demetria Obalor. And she went viral uh, after two weeks of being a... Um, weather news anchor um because she was too sexy for tv um and people were upset um aren't we all too sexy for tv i mean yeah um it was just it it was so frustrating and just like bizarre to me to see that at first but then i realized this is like a big Thing all the time like black women being sexualized and it was such you know like luckily you know she's a very strong person and pushed through it and was just kind of like you know what whatever this is me you know she's just wearing the same clothes that any other news anchor woman would wear but because she is curvy you know people said it was distracting so did she get fired or did she? No, like... she didn't. She just went. I don't think she did. Oh, okay. It just like went viral and people made a big deal out of it. And then, um, but it ended well because um, the link that I'm actually going to post, actually this time post on our Instagram, um, links to an article about a little girl who met her. Um, She watched her, like, every morning on TV and was like, oh, my gosh, her hair is just like mine. And, oh, my gosh, like, her mom would take pictures of her and she would be like, I look just like Miss Demetria. And I thought that was so cute that she, like, gained something positive out of this. You know, like, that's so cool. And she had her come on the show. So there's, like, a video on the article that I'm going to link. And, yeah, I just thought that that was – and I feel like black women always do that. We always somehow figure out a way to make it – worth you know everything you know just fight through it and the thing that makes me mad about this is do you remember it was like teacher bay or some shit like that and it was some white woman who had a big ass and then oh my god she's so beautiful blah 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 
And then there was the same exact, like basically the same style of dress, like just like a t-shirt dress or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but it just hugged this black woman in the exact same way that it was hugging this white woman. And everyone was making a big deal about how she needed to be more conservative if she was going to be a teacher. Right. It's just like like the the reactions that people give. Yeah. Sexualization of our bodies. Like immediately we are sex objects. Yeah. Until we prove otherwise. It's not like, right. you know, we no one thinks of us as, you know, and I don't really necessarily agree of portraying women as like, oh, think of, you know, this woman as your mother, sister, brother, or not brother, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, think, think of this woman as like someone you're related to. So that way you can respect her. And it's like, can't you just respect women without having to like assign a gender role or some kind of like family role to her to make her like domestic and not sexualized right exactly it's like not seeing them as a normal human not seeing women as a you know and a person (laughs) right That's that's it just doesn't make sense that you have to put this label on them in order to look at a woman as a person who is not just a sex object Well, and that actually, like, leads into very much, like, my first job experience. Like, Mm. so the first job that I really um, kind of consider to be, um, like, my first real job, I worked at, um, like, a government office, and I made copies, and, like, in a copy center, and I worked with three white men over the age of 50, Oh, that sounds like so much fun. In like a basement, like office suite. And yeah, and I worked there for almost two years. And it was, I mean, it was fine because it was a job that I, you know, generally just plugged in headphones and kind of like went to work. Like, you know, it wasn't. We weren't like having chats or anything. (laughs) Right, right. But one day I had a date after work and I came to work like dressed up because usually it was like jeans and a t-shirt because I'm in a kind of a production environment. So like I wouldn't want to wear anything nice. Mm -hmm. And so I was in like a nice outfit and all of a sudden the entire attitude of everybody, not just working with me, but everyone in the entire building. It was really weird. This guy, like, he usually did, like, just says, I was going in, dropping off copies, and, like, leaving, like, just making a delivery. And he came, he got up, and he, like, walked around, and he started talking to me. And I was like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, I didn't even realize it was you. Uh- And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Wow. I'm wearing a dress. Like, (laughs) I didn't put someone else's face on. Like, Right. Well, and you're not even like the, you know, there are are a lot of women, especially now, who, you know, like put, you know, like contour the hell out of their faces and do look like a completely different person. But that's. Makeup wizards, by the way. Yes, right. I look at all the things and I could, I just can't do it. It doesn't make any, it's like that white lady who looks really confused and like all that math is over her face. (laughs) Like that's me. (laughs) That's me when I feel like walk into a makeup store. (laughs) I will like make a bold attempt and then I'm like, oh, this didn't work at all. (laughs) But you look amazing every time. Thanks. Fake it till you make it. Um, You've made it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, that shouldn't be a factor in who you are as a coworker. Like, what is your, what do your looks have to do with anything? Well, and like my, I didn't feel so much that like my race was brought into it, Mm -hmm. but I felt like it was mostly their fixation. So I was um, just like kind of give you guys, Uh, a background I was 19 so I was like a baby (laughs) yeah very young basically and I'm working with all these men who are like 
you know, about to retire soon. <laughs> right. And the way that they would act around me when I would like wear makeup or like wear a nicer shirt that wasn't a t-shirt. Um, I would have this guy from like a marketing department would come and like drop off copies and he would like flirt with me so hard. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then this other guy who worked in corrections and so like I'm like 19 and these guys are like in their mid to early 30s. So they're mm-hmm. like any 10 plus years older than me. Right. And this guy in corrections would like he actually on my last day of work, he asked me if I would have sex with him. What? Yeah, no, exactly that. I laughed. Uh, I like thought uh, it was a funny joke. I was like, he can't be serious, right? Yeah. Like, at the time, you know, I worked there two years, so I was 21. And I was like, I laughed. And then he looked, like, uncomfortable and upset. And I was like, oh, that wasn't a joke? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, definitely not. I was having, like, the best sex of my life with, like, wonderful women like what yeah (laughs) (laughs) but how i mean even if your last day like how inappropriate to oh yeah like he had a girlfriend too what oh and he was in corrections and he bought weed from me oh my god (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's fun yeah Um, no he had a girlfriend that he like lived with like, it was oh serious, God. and he's like, do you want to have sex with me? And I'm like, what about this girlfriend that you were dating for, like, six years? <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever. Yeah, pretty, sounds pretty disposable. Crazy. Whatever. Yeah, it sounds uh, like it's so cash. Very cash. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. My first job experience, I was 15 and hardly remembered. I worked at a library um, in oh, small town, which Nebraska. one? It was in it was in Tacoma. It was the only Nebraska, oh. the only library there. Yeah, and it it you was were doing fine. The Lord's work, seriously. Because <laughs> I when I, my mom used to drag me to um, small town Nebraska, we mm-hmm. they had like a Dollar General and like a library, and the library yep. was my sanctuary. Yeah. That's where, yeah, yeah, that's where a lot of kids, I would organize a lot of stuff for, like, the kids, and then um, it was just, I don't know, it was quiet all the time. The only, it was just me and two other women, because one ran the whole library, and then the other woman worked downstairs with, like, the children's stuff, and... I never really had any issues there, I don't think. Um, The only weird thing that I was approached about was... Uh, one of the librarians, she was like, oh, you and your siblings all have those those eyes, you know, like that ethnic people have. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, oh, I'm, you ethnic? Yeah. I was like, oh, the no. I was like, I was like uh, okay, thank you. I don't know. Oh, no. And then <laughs> I had the next, I worked there, I think for a year or two. And then I worked at a pharmacy for the rest of my um, high school years. And that was, I didn't really have any problems there except for sometimes like, uh, this one client would come in this, he wasn't, he was just like a regular customer and he would always comment on my looks. And he was probably in his forties and I know he was married with children and he would always, um, say like, Oh, you should stop biting your nails because you know, men like long nails. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to attract men. Attract men. I'm 18 years old. You and know, you're with Jordan, anyways. And I, yes, exactly. And <laughs> you're like, I've so already weird. caught one. <laughs> yeah, and like he would, he would every time he came in, he had something to say about my looks, like my hair, the way I was dressed, because I dressed, you know, boyish in high school, and I was just like. And it was actually a very positive experience because I remember my coworkers were all women and they would all stick up for me, you know? And that was just kind of, it was nice to have them there and have women who actually would 
were not afraid to like say something about it. And right. so they would, they would step in and be like, um, first of all, she's too young for you to be talking to her like that. And secondly, she can look however she wants to look. So, I mean, that was, I don't know. And it, being in a small town is so different because everybody knows each other, you know? Right. So you wouldn't be able to get away with much, but at the same time, it happened all the time. Um, so uh, for you, it was about, it was again about gender and not yeah, so more much. gender than, yeah. Um, which is surprising in that town because, oh my God. <laughs> um, and actually Rachel, uh, last summer worked somewhere too, where she had issues with the way that all of the women were treated in the workplace. And she filed a complaint because the men there, um, were constantly hitting on all of the women there. And Rachel, you know, is doing her own thing. She has a negative amount of interest in these men and they would, be so inappropriate with her as she was leaving one time I think a couple of the guys like were following her on the highway like tailing her car and that's terrifying for a young person to be going through that especially when it's tied to something as important as your economic security exactly it's like you have to go to work and like like, oh I'm being a responsible teen or a responsible young adult but I'm, I feel like I'm being punished for it. Yes. Or like uh, victimized because I, I am so young. And so men just think that they can take advantage of me. Like, right. So I worked at a coffee shop for three years. And um, like I worked there when I was older. So I was like, I think from like after I quit the job at the state. So from like 19 or something to or 20 or something like that all the way up until really just like a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. um there would be guys that were like my age like hitting on like 16 year old girls you know and I'm like 24 25 (laughs) and they're like hitting on a 16 year old girl and um I remember this guy asked me one time he's like oh where's you know this employee and I was like oh she's at school right now um (laughs) she's right up the road at like this high school she's 16 (laughs) so she's in class (laughs) that's where where 16 year olds belong (laughs) right but like she um she like didn't tell him and so um, she was like, why did you tell him? And I'm like, because you're 16. <laughs> are, you, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, you know, so I do actually have a story about race and work. Mm-hmm. So I was working at the coffee shop again, and I worked with this 19 year old, very skinny, blonde sorority girl. And it was the closing shift. And usually you make half as many tips if you're lucky in the closing shift. And I made more money working with her than I ever had in my, like, in all three years of being a barista. And it was the slow shift. (laughs) I made so much money. And I was like, I asked her, I was like, do you usually make this much money? And she was like, yeah, this or a little more. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. No wonder you work like two shifts a week. That's fucking insane. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Let's talk about privilege. That's crazy because you're so, like, friendly and bubbly, you know? So that's obviously not the issue. Right. Um, Wow. And, like, I... I'm think I'm pretty conventionally attractive. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just black. (laughs) Right. And I'm not 19 and I don't have, you know, tiny little body. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) I mean, an even tinier little body. My body is pretty tiny, I guess. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is wild. I, um, I had a couple of, when I worked at, um, I worked at JCPenney 
um, for like three years. And I had, it, it's weird being, I don't know if it's because of my like diplomatic nature or because I'm biracial, but I had this thing where it was like all of the like different minorities would kind of would be able to like talk to me and feel comfortable with me. Like I wasn't a manager or anything, but I think it was just because I would stick up for people um, because I wasn't having it. Um, we had so many customers come in who would act like they couldn't understand my Vietnamese coworker. And uh, instead of, you know, like being like, oh, I'll take this customer. Um, I would stop and tell the customer, oh, it's not that hard to understand her. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, like, why you're having difficulty because she clearly said this, like, this is obviously what she said. And maybe that's bad customer service. I don't really care because you're being an asshole. Mm -hmm. um, because it was very easy to understand her. It's just white people don't have the patience apparently to take two seconds like I don't understand what I mean they're just being racist that's all they're being is treating her like shit because she speaks differently and um I had that with black co-workers it didn't matter um and that place was just whack in a word because um I also had this <laughs> I have so many stories from here um there was one day where actually this happened, this probably happened like three or four times that I just remember one specific incident where um, I went up to a customer and I was like, hi, are you finding everything okay? And she was like, oh yeah, you were just helping me. And I was like, uh, no, I wasn't. I just clocked in. And she was uh, like, yeah, you were just helping me. And I was like, what? And so I went up to like our little, like our kiosk or whatever, up to the registers. And I was like, um, am I going crazy? I was not just helping that woman. And one of my coworkers, who is the other half black chick there, who is, by the way, like six foot three and has oh short hair, <laughs> was helping her. And she got us mixed up. And I was like, how? And this happens so often. And I like, yes, our skin is the same tone, kind of. Um, but I mean, she literally had like, uh, like a bob and my hair was like halfway down my back. So I don't, and she's six foot three or four or whatever. And I'm like, whatever, five, six, five, seven. And <laughs> that happened all the time where people would just get us mixed up. And oh my we both, God. yeah. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, even our coworkers would mix us up. Um, we had, I worked for the loss prevention team and that was a whole mess because there was so much racial profiling. That was basically all that job was. Um, because I worked in the juniors department and they would always request that I follow the black girls into the fitting rooms every time. Uh, and if I wasn't doing it, because why would I do that? they would come over to me and talk to me about it. My goodness. And I'm like, do you think, like, you know I'm black, right, first of all. And secondly, you know this is not okay, right? But it was so just... That's got to be very similar to, like, being a black police officer, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's what it you're, felt like. Because you're told to, like, <laughs> okay, well, these are the people we target. And as a black person, you're like, but... Those people look like me and my friends right. and my parents and my grandparents <laughs> and, you know, and my, yes. it's, that's crazy. I never, yeah. I don't think and I it's, ever had anything like that. It, it made me feel so gross because they didn't ask the other black girls to do it. You know, they, I know that they asked me to do it because I sounded white and I had lighter skin. And so therefore they considered me to be not black enough, you know, and like, I would never let people get away with that. Or I would never do it like the other black girls would. And, and that's probably steal more. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they, know they, can. they know they can get away with it. And that and the girls who worked with me there all saw all of this happen. So they know, too. And yeah, it was just that was so frustrating and just not OK. 
Uh, and I, it, it did some damage to me because that was when I realized just how, because the people who were working for the team weren't white. Right. Um, but because it was their job, they didn't see a problem with it. And one of them was an ex cop. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, <sighs> that reminds me of like, um, well, it's like right now I'm never getting mixed up because I work the company I work for. We have like one Latinx person, one Hmong person, and then me. <laughs> and then everyone else is white. And yeah. um, it's just very interesting, like of a dynamic to like look at like a, a picture of your um, organizational chart. And it's like, okay, well, they have one of everything. So they're diverse. <laughs> yeah, I've never really worked in a place. I've read a lot about workplace diversity, but I've never really worked in a place where they've actively tried to be, well, I guess when I worked at uh, the photography studio, you know, they tried to be diverse and our location actually was fairly diverse uh, right. for, as far as coworkers go. Um, but I've never worked at a place where they've like actively, you know, really tried to push that whole dialogue and that whole movement, I guess. Um, mine was probably when I worked at Target. Mm. Cause Target is known for being really um, like if you're, um, a trans person, it's like that's one of the places that's like really good about having their work culture, like zero tolerant tolerance. So like, oh. you know, you get treated pretty equally by your coworkers and there's like there's like no shit policy. Like you can't you can't fucking be an asshole when you work right. here. Right. <laughs> you can't be like, ah, oh, fucking, you know, Southeast Asian people. Ugh. <laughs> Yes. Or like, uh, gay, gay men, the worst. <laughs> yes. That's cool. Like, like they, I mean, that is one of the places where I would imagine they would, you know, take that sort of initiative. They also had, um, a lot of people with, um, like differently, they had people with like different differently disabilities. Able people? Yeah. Yeah working there and and if I said that wrong please someone feel free to correct me because I'd like to know the best way to say that um but um so they had like a lot of different people it was very diverse work culture and like you just kind of had to treat the person as a co-worker and not I guess like by how they presented themselves or anything like that yeah and now that I'm thinking about it I feel like we should have like we, I mean, we still can, we should talk about like the whole Starbucks thing because their whole <laughs> thing where they pushed for uh, more tolerance in the workplace uh, was kind of bullshit. Um, and it always is when they do those big corporate pushes because they push for this sort of, you know, the whole colorblind type of narrative. Well and, like, just because you have, like, a – you take one day off to do a, a fucking seminar doesn't mean that that's right. changing years and years of, like, oppression that's been built into our societal structures. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you're not uh, – your yeah. one-day seminar is not fucking a miracle. <laughs> yes. Well, and you also think about the people who are attending those seminars. So many of them are already minorities and already fucking get it. Right. Uh, or work with minorities and you're still owned by rich white men, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> like right. there's still is this culture there and it's not going to go away. Have them volunteer, meeting. like volunteer, like at some organization and then the company give that organization money to like right. actually make a difference. Yes. Like you hired two speakers, congratulations! You made two right. black people richer, and you could have done more. I don't know who yeah. your PR person is, but they suck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody who looked at that. Well, I do. Plenty of like shout out to our white liberal friends. <laughs> yeah, but it's I am like the white feminists. 
Yeah, who are like, oh, yay, that did something good. Oh, and then they got rid of straws, so that's good, too. Like, you have to do more than that, especially when it comes to race, because like you said, those are such deep, threaded issues. Yes. And it's like, it's not going to just go away with one meeting. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's a long process of education that has to happen in all different workplaces. Um, and it's a it needs to be talked about on a bigger scale than just, oh, let's have, you know, a seminar for two days. Right. So do you ever talk about um, like these types of issues with the people that you work with? Um, yes, sometimes it's so hard. Yeah, it's so it's hard. to. Yeah, you don't. You know, you don't want to feel unsafe in your job. You don't want to feel uncomfortable in your job. You Mm -hmm. want your coworkers to like you, you know, Mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, I know when I worked at the photography studio, we were all pretty close. So we would talk about it sometimes, but we all had pretty different views. And, you know, bringing up anything that had to do with race was kind of, it was something that you just didn't, you don't really talk about because, it makes people uncomfortable, you know, don't want to make people uncomfortable. And so I, when I worked at that job, I made people uncomfortable all the time, you know, my boss. (laughs) And then you took their picture. (laughs) And then I took their picture. Um, I would talk about things with my boss all the time. You know, Uh, he would say, he would, he told my co one of my coworkers that he couldn't come to work with his hair picked out with his fro picked out because it was unprofessional. And I said, um, excuse me. No, that's not okay. He can wear his hair, you know, naturally it looks fine. And he said, um, no, it's against company policy. And I said, that's a racist policy. And he said something about how, um, my hair was looking a little froed out that day too. And I was like, excuse me, I'm going to wear my hair the way it is. I'm not going to straighten my hair Because that's what he wanted. He wanted me to straighten my hair every day. And he would make comments like, oh, when you wear your hair like that, you're a totally different person and you have this attitude and blah, blah, blah. (gasps) No, he didn't. Yes. And like looking back on that now, I'm like, oh, I see what he meant by that. I didn't get it at the time. I thought he was just being microaggressions. They really like, they really get under your skin and you like don't notice them. And then literally something will pop under your head like eight years later and you're like, oh. (laughs) fuck that person. (laughs) Right, exactly. And those things affect you just because they're buried underneath doesn't mean they don't affect you. Yeah. I mean, so it's always, you know, there I was a lot more bolder and I became, you know, more of this person that I am today where I'm going to speak up about it. Um, And, you know, where I'm working right now, I love my coworkers. um, But it is a little awkward sometimes bringing things up because, a lot of the things that I like advocate for or that I stand for are just those things that you don't really talk about at work because it makes, like I said earlier, it makes people uncomfortable and they, if you don't agree, you know, then it's just this big deal and things like that. But for the most part, I'm pretty unapologetic about it. You know, people know who I am, so they're going to have to deal with it. I have just learned that, um, So most of the people that I, that are my boss or that, that I like as my boss and like want to actually talk to issues about are like Mm -hmm. conservative older women, older white women. And so they have this ideal of what it is to be a woman or an idea of, you know, how, how a woman should exist or something like that, Mm -hmm. or even like what, what politics should be. And like, just some of the things that I hear older white women saying, I'm just like, really? Like, <laughs> like about immigration. And I'm oh, like, God, these are yes. people that I like women that I respect as like professional women. And mm-hmm. like, they they don't know any better. But there's also that, you know, I think it is like you get older and you kind of hold on tight to your beliefs. Yeah. Um, like I've had arguments over. Um, one of my bosses argued with me about uh, how raw milk is the best form of milk. And I was like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. 
And I didn't even say that. I like don't even say that. I just like stared at her like silently. And I was like, um, you know, sure. <laughs> like if that's what you want to do, that's all, all you. I'm going to keep drinking my plant milk. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's, um you're saying that's what keeps you healthy and strong, raw milk. Oh, well, I feel like a lot of older white women have this, I mean, a lot of white women in general have this complex where they're kind of in their own world. So especially if you're in those like supervisor roles, it's hard because then you're even more isolated in your own world. And that's why I think it's so important to hire women of color into those higher roles and those higher mm -hmm. positions because they understand people so much better and they understand the way the real world works because they've lived among, you know, the little people, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Right. And so it's so much easier. Oh my gosh. It's so much easier to work for women of color because they're so much more understanding about those things for the most part. You know, obviously we don't speak for all people of color. Right. I would um, disagree with you a hundred percent. You would disagree <laughs> I mean, with me a hundred percent. Yes. Well, only because of the experience that I had. So I've... you heard the experience that I had, like at mm -hmm. first it was great and then it wasn't so much about their race. It was just them as people were not. It was mm -hmm. not a good environment to work at. And I was like, oh, we're, it was everyone there had like kind of the same energy. And I was like, this energy does not vibe. Like I didn't get along right. with any, like, I don't know. Well, I feel like. Um, but I, I mean, feel I've... like that's a special situation. And I've experienced it once. And you. You know, of all people that I've had, like, probably 30 jobs. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably. I've probably had 30 jobs. And that's not even, like, an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's at least the in the upper 20s. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, sometimes just older women in general. So, I guess what I was, was meaning was people who are, like, our age or maybe younger than us. I feel mm -hmm. like those are the women who need to be more in those roles because oh, they're more yeah. understanding because a lot of the issues, it's it's also an age thing. And yeah. I don't, I don't want to sound ageist in that way, but it is true that once you get to a certain age, you're more stuck in your ways and it's harder to be understanding about certain things. And then it's yeah. harder for people to communicate with you. I can't think of very many bosses in general that I've gotten along with or felt you know, that were older, that were older than me by a significant amount. And so there's that disconnect there. And it's like, when you are discussing things like politics, it's, it would be just like discussing it with your parents and grandparents, you know, there's, they don't relate to you in the same way. And yeah, then when, true. then when you put it into a work environment, that there's 10 times more pressure because you have to remain professional. You don't want to look like an emotional black woman, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that is a huge deterrent a lot of times for me, like speaking my mind because I am pretty, I'm very ambitious. Like I'm mm -hmm. extremely, I see myself being a person of power, like as my ultimate me, like that's what I work towards every day. And like, right. it scares me the thought of like looking bad, professionally or something being able to hurt me professionally because like uh you know like I you know shoplifted when I was like 19 mm -hmm. and so like when a background check comes up that shows and it doesn't hurt me as much nowadays because it's yeah you know almost 10 years ago but when I first got it it was very hard for me to like like I had to really like be like I'm the best and like you'll never find anybody better and you know and then of course they would offer me less money and I would take it because I was so I was like I need to be able to pay rent like I can't yeah. I can't fuck around and like not have money because like I'm not gonna go anywhere without it I feel like so many people do have to go through that where they have you know like possessed 
possession charges, you know, um, or like just little small things. And then it, it shows up and then you want to work so hard. I mean, you are very ambitious as a person, but I feel like a lot of people go through that too, where it's like, now I have to be an upstanding Negro and I have to be on my yes. game all the time. Yes. And you feel like I can't talk about the things that are important to me as a person. Like I said to my boss um, with when Black Panther came out, I was like, mm -hmm. this is exciting. This is like, you know, the first black su like superhero who has his own franchise. And my boss was like, oh, well, they're all wearing masks. And so I could never see what color they were anyways. Like that's oh what she God. said to me. And I was what? like, I was like, well, I'm going to go to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. You're working late and I'm going to this movie. Oh See you later. <laughs> and I, so after that, I, when I saw Black Panther to just derail a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw it, I went to this restaurant and everything I ordered had the word black in it. Like I got this black martini. <laughs> I <laughs> I got this blackened vegan chicken burger. <laughs> Everything had the word black in it. Yes. And then I was all about it. I was a hundred. Yeah. Such a good movie. But that's um, so like, that's sad that we're, you know, not allowed to express ourselves freely in the workplace. You know, like you should have been able to be excited about that. Yeah. Well, and um, she also a couple of people at work I said I was going to a drag show and they reacted very strangely they were like <laughs> a what and I was like a drag show <laughs> men or not men people doing gender performance that's yes. what it is that's what I'm going to and they were like oh <laughs> and they just like looked at each other and then we're like okay <laughs> Yeah, I um I had a coworker who doesn't work with us anymore, but um she two things about her. Uh first of all, one day she was telling me that her friend texted her and was like, "Oh, do you still like black guys? Cuz I might have this guy for you." And I was like, "Please don't say that to me at work." Like, what does that mean? Secondly, Gross. Yes. And then secondly, um, I, she asked what I was doing that weekend. And I was like, oh, I'm probably going to a drag show like always. And she was like, oh, oh. And I was like, <laughs> what? She was, <laughs> she was like, I've never, I don't think I've ever been to one of those. And I was like, clearly you haven't if you're this uncomfortable with me just mentioning it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And it's, I mean, my other coworkers, I mean, one is basically family. So she already, you know, she knows how I am and we get along fine. And then my, my other coworker is great and super open-minded and, you know, she'll talk to me about anything. Um, so it was just kind of strange that all of a sudden I had this coworker who I was just kind of like, ah, first of all, you're like talking about black guys. Like there's some meat you can pick out at the grocery store and, if you're a new designer or something, right. <laughs> you cool, a new handbag. Oh my god, I was just—that's so disturbing. And I've—I've I've run into that a couple of times, um, in the workplace. But you know how we were. I mean, I don't know if you were, but when I was younger, I would just let things slide all the time. And it's getting harder and harder for me to do that because I—I I don't want to. Uh, I want to call people out uh, when they're saying these things, and I feel like. It, it's part of our, I feel like we're obligated to do that. I feel like especially me because I am so fair skinned and I have this, you know, white person voice, whatever. I feel like I'm kind of obligated to stand up for people because for some reason, white people don't listen to black people. Um, they never they, listen. No. And so I feel like, um, there, I have had coworkers who, um, one time, I think it was on Facebook. I got into this long discussion because here in, here in Lincoln, there were, there were two, um, black men driving in their car, just in their neighborhood. And this white woman was following them in their car and they stopped and they got out and they're like, why are you following us? And she was like, because 
she basically was like, I didn't recognize you guys and I don't think that you belong here. And one of my, I know, yes. And this was all recorded. And one of my bosses commented on it. She was higher up. She didn't even work, you know, at the same studio as me. Uh, She commented and she was like, I don't see how this is a racial thing at all. And we got into this really long discussion. I know. I was like, because you don't have to see it as something racial. You have that privilege. And people were commenting on it and backing me up. But I was like, no, I got this. Like, I'm not afraid to talk to you about this because you need to learn. And that was a very positive experience. And we got closer because of that. And I feel like she has influenced dozens of people in her life because I helped her see this sort of other side of things. And that's why I think it is so important to talk to people because you you can bring things to people's attention. Like you can make them listen and then that will influence other people. Because like I said, she was pretty, uh, she was above my supervisor. So mm-hmm. she has influence on a lot of people and she has a lot of friends and family. And I see all the time her posting on Facebook, just how her entire, like so many of her views have changed. And even if I didn't change her mind on something specific like I did, at least she's more open-minded to other ideas. Right. Since she was able to, like, test a boundary and was like, oh, there's Mm -hmm. something good on the other side of this. Mm -hmm. It's not as scary as I thought to, like, expand my thinking. Right. And, like, maybe there are other things that I... Ha- have made a decision on that like I need to look at again and maybe see if yeah. the answer is actually more flexible than that. Yeah. And it's funny because she actually, I mean, she considered herself very liberal and very open-minded. And I was like, <laughs> not as much as you think. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, here, here, this is a segue. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> um, so I am looking for a new job right now. Um, like, cause I've decided that like, I keep just working at jobs so I can have money and it would be nice <laughs> to like work at a job that gave me money, but also like, you, enjoy you know, it? actually is actually in the area that I want to study. Cause it's like, yeah. sometimes I feel like, why am I working this hard for something that is not, it has nothing to do with what my long-term goals are. Yeah, it's not beneficial. No. And so I'm trying to find a job, like, actually in the field that I'm interested in. And, like, my blackness um, worries me less than when I was in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was in Nebraska, I was much more, especially once my hair was natural, I was like, oh, my God, like, (laughs) is my hair going to be too much for them? Because it's kind of a lot. It is, yes. (laughs) And, like, is that going to say something? Or, you know, I basically have to be like, you know, I'm the best. You don't outright say I'm not like those other black people, but you try to be as white as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're always like, okay, let me be the good version of a black person so these people can hire me. And then I'll just come to work on Monday and be black <laughs> again. <laughs> yes like you have to like be like oh yeah you know like uh, always on time (laughs) yeah I'm very prompt (laughs) (laughs) uh yes and it's funny because um I feel like you can apply to jobs and you can do an interview and like you and I both have the phone voice and then you can go into the job, you know, and they see you and they're, you're not what they were expecting. (laughs) There was um, a meme about that. It was the whole Roseanne Barr thing um, because she had that YouTube video where she was like, I thought the bitch was white. And it was like, said something about how, yeah, it was, yes, it was a whole thing. Um, And she uh so there was like a meme and it was like my manager the first day I walk into my new job I thought the bitch was why <laughs> and oh my god and I feel like that's I had so many of my like uh black girlfriends post that and like you know relate to that 
And we we adapt to that whole, like you said, being as white as possible thing so that we can survive. <laughs> well, and like you said, when people when people have heard us, they've called us like Valley Girls or something like that. Oh my God, <laughs> Megan and Jessica, I believe it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I've gotten that a lot, like over the phone mm-hmm. or like when you're talking to me and you haven't met me. I sound like a preppy white girl, but hey, I watched mm-hmm. Clueless a lot when I was growing up <laughs> and also like Cruel Intentions. I thought that two girls kissing thing. I was like, oh no, what are those feelings? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a thing you can do. You can just kiss other girls. <laughs> well, speaking of Clueless, um, Stacey Dash <laughs> oh, was in that a terrible person it's just a terrible person and that's really depressing to me to see her deny her blackness on a regular basis what Um, was her name dion dion with her fucking Mm -hmm. braids and her press-ons and like (laughs) dating a black a black guy who is like they were a black couple (laughs) yeah right i just like don't it's very strange to me I don't want she to did go like back a, and look at her life, but... I know. She did a full Tila tequila. Like, a full Tila tequila. <laughs> because that bitch yes. is also, like, a Nazi now? I don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not she, white. <laughs> right. It's oh so God. weird. And I don't know if it's, like, a whole... I mean, there are so many components, and we could totally break it down. But as it relates to what we're talking about... There is that survival element, and it's sort of like a yeah. camouflage. Mm-hmm. Um, even with with actresses, it's probably even worse because you're you're asked to be like, okay, but we need you to be blacker, like or right. like what do they say, like more ethnic or yeah. you know, some shit like more that. urban. We're looking for a more urban oh, role. Yes, yeah. yeah. Or when people say things, I'm sure you've gotten this, but like people who have like just met you at the end of your conversation and be like, Oh, you're so well-spoken. And I'm like, oh what my does that God. mean? What did you expect? <laughs> Literally the other day, somebody used the term a stand up girl, you know, like how people are like, Oh, stand up guy. And I was like, Oh, what? Someone said yeah, that about you. Yeah. Ew. And there's, I just vomited yeah. a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Or, uh, oh, you weren't at all ex- what I expected you to be like. Uh-huh. Yep. When you told me you were black. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I get that um, across the board, though. Like, yeah. I've had, because mm-hmm. I've had black people say the same thing to me of like, oh, you're not <laughs> like what I was expecting. Well, and I feel like I've struggled on that side, too, a lot, especially in jobs, because when I was in sales at the photography studio, they, you know, they would always put me with the black families, which, first of all, thank you. Like, I don't know. Like, it just seems weird to me. What a treat. Yeah. Like, it just seems weird to me that you would force all the black people together. Um and I, you know, I got, I get along with everybody just fine. Um, and I enjoyed that job a lot, but it was frustrating to me when it wasn't actually a good fit because guess what? All black people aren't the same. And right. maybe this salesperson had a lot more in common with this family, but you weren't looking at it that way. And yeah. that's, that's frustrating. That's, it's a whole, it's like a very weird subgroup of things that happened at that job, but people kind of gloss over that. And it's kind of like, um, when they do expect all black people to be the same and then they're not, and it's such a surprise. It's just so bizarre to experience oh my God. that. You're not like what I saw in Law and Order at all. Oh, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You're not a character <laughs> on SVU. I don't know anything else about black people. <laughs> like, good grief. Oh, <sighs> my goodness. Well, I think we're winding down. Yeah. Um, do you have um, advice? 
Um, I do. Um, kind of goes along with like my story of, you know, having that discussion with that with my supervisor multiple times, you know, about um just seeing things from a different perspective and standing up, like actually actually like stand up for yourself and don't be afraid to speak out about those issues um because you shouldn't be and if they call you out on it they're you know that's not okay and it's you know discriminatory and you should be allowed to be yourself um but also be patient with people especially if you work with a lot of white people it's really hard but it's going to be better for your mental health in the long run if you're patient with yourself and you're patient with others as yeah and don't feel don't feel like you have to fight every battle either. No. Mm-mm. It's not your like, job to educate people if you don't want to. No. Because, no. like, I uh, I felt that for a little while, too. Like, it was, you know, because once you see the light, you want to share it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you get such a negative backlash sometimes. It's, like, really, um, it's really sad. <laughs> You're like, I learned it's a really great thing so I could become a better human being and understand other human beings. And like, can I share that knowledge with you so you too can like... <laughs> and then you get called a black bitch for speaking right. about it. <laughs> or you get called an angry black woman or like you're written right. off because you're young or you're black or you're a woman or you're queer. Like there's always mm-hmm. some reason for someone to just like write you off. Um, well, my advice is, so I'm currently job searching. And so mine is like specifically related to your job. Like, just like look at what your job is giving you and like what the benefits are. And like, one thing that as I've gotten older is like, I'm trying to like make a career for myself. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of things that I've done for money that like, you know, I'm just looking at what's hitting my bank account, which is important, but like also is 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 what you're doing now helping to like advance you to where you want to be. Like if it's yeah. helping you pay your bills while you're in school and like you don't care what it is, it like allows you to go to school or like allows you to do your passion, like that's fine, but like just make sure that you know, you're constantly working towards those goals and don't just like settle on something just because you're like, well, this is paying the bills. Like right. and if you have one of those jobs, like be out there and hustle and like always keep your resume up to date and like, mm-hmm. you know, like always have your eye open for like the opportunity that you're working towards because like you have you have to drive that process. Nothing will ever be handed to you. Right. And and don't settle for something because you think that you can't do better. Right. Because so-and-so, whoever told you. Mm-hmm. Or you told yourself, you know, like, really just say, I can do this. And, like, this is what I want, and I'm going to go after it. Yeah. And even if you have to just literally just tell yourself that every day, do it. Because that works. That's how you get started. Yep. Um... So my weekly bit of sunshine is, again, happy birthday, Barack Obama. We love you. Um, Happy Leo season. Um, (laughs) 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 And um, I, my last day of this semester, summer semester, was uh, yesterday. I submitted my final paper yesterday. So now I have exactly three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) of rest and relaxation before I'm, you know, right back at it. Yeah. That's exciting. Oh, and there's Um, another eclipse. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. August 11th, there's a partial solar eclipse. So we just had, didn't we just have a solar eclipse Mm -hmm. and then a lunar eclipse and then my birthday and then... (laughs) (laughs) And, and now we're having another solar eclipse. Oh, yeah. and Mercury is in retrograde. And it's the election, so please go vote if you yes. haven't already. Um, okay. That was a lot of sunshine going on. I know. There. You know, it's Leo season. That's what we do. 
<laughs> I'm, yes. Now, if you're counting, this is a great drinking game. If you're at home, re-listen to this episode. And every time I say, it's Leo season, just take a shot. <laughs> You'll be drunk before you know it. <laughs> um, my weekly bit of sunshine is the speech that LeBron James gave he has been in the news a lot lately, and um, we, if you've noticed on our Instagram page, have been giving a big old middle finger to Donald Trump. Um, I hope he listens. But LeBron James gave this speech um, to his son's team uh, talking about how, you know, everybody on the team has a role. It doesn't matter if you started uh, it doesn't matter if you're benched. He said, you know, NBA players are benched all the time. You have a role to play. And if you can't accept that, you know, go play tennis or golf. And what I took from that was that um, teamwork is so important. And I just I just love the way he, he gave this speech because it's very just real. And he is so honest with these kids. And that is important to me, to be honest with people around you when you're giving these sort of, because I hate fake motivational speakers. And this was just super, like, real to me. So I'm going to post this on our Instagram, too. Um, but I just thought that it was really great um, that he had such an inspiring speech and that he is standing up to our quote-unquote commander-in-chief. And, yeah, that's that's exciting to me to see a celebrity. And he opened that school last week. I think it was last week. Um, I have no idea anything about LeBron James. At oh, all. I know he, he's supposed to be like so great, but oh, I heard a lesbian say something about him. <laughs> he's moving to LA. Um, I don't know about basketball. Um, very oh, much. Okay. So we've got uh, this. <laughs> yeah. Once football season comes around, you know, I have plenty to say about that. Um, <laughs> but no, he opened this elementary school that guarantees, uh, like college tuition to the graduates. And, um, I believe he also, it also helps it's for, um, it's an I promise school. And, um, I think like 240 at risk, uh, third and fourth graders are going there. And it also, okay, actually I have a list here. Um, this, in addition to attending a school run by him, they'll also receive free tuition, free uniforms, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, free transportation within two miles, a free bicycle and helmet, access to a food pantry for their family, guaranteed tuition for all graduates. Um, and then they also, the parents of the students will receive access to job placement services and help acquiring their GEDs. Um, so basically, and it's like a very hands-on school and um, so it's like a Waldorf school for black kids. Yes, and that's so important. And I hope that more celebrities follow suit. Um, it's just really disappointing that people. And where you know, is that? That's in Ohio, Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And I saw this comparison today talking about, I don't remember who it was, some old rich white guy that I don't care about. Um, <laughs> but how many, like, multiplied LeBron James's he is worth and how many schools he could open up himself. If so, he wanted to or something. If he wanted to, exactly. So shout out to black people for actually doing the Lord's work. Well, and Chance has done a lot of work in oh, Chicago yeah. to yeah. do with like donating to the school system and like doing fundraisers and shit like that. And like, right. I think that that's really important. Like, that's exactly what I want to do is I want to go into education because it is so important and it mm -hmm. is critical for black kids to receive, not just black kids, like all kids to receive an equal, perfect education that's inclusive and dynamic and understanding to their needs. Like, it's really right. important to me. And it's important to have, like, a realistic um, education, you know, and... Yes. I feel like when we were growing up, it was kind of this like, just, it was like a very unrealistic look of, look at things. It's like, yeah, you can donate so much money to a school, 
but mm -hmm. where is that money going? You know, I, I love seeing like Colin Kaepernick, you know, seeing these celebrities getting actually genuinely involved, hands-on, knowing where the money is going, making sure that it's an actual tangible thing that's happening and they're making real change in people's lives. That is so important to me. Well, and it's good that we've learned from our past mistakes of trusting yeah. white people with our money and our charities. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and I also, um, before we go, I just wanted to shout out um, a another black girl podcast. It's called the Unwifeable Podcast. And I've been scrolling their Instagram for like the past week. And I'm obsessed with them. Um, <laughs> their bio says, the podcast where the fuck boys are real, but the fuck girls are realer. <laughs> oh. So you guys should follow them on Instagram. It's just at unwipable podcast. And I just wanted to give them a shout out because they make me smile. Hey, that's exciting. Cool. All righty. Um, bye, Lauren. I love you. <laughs> All right. That's enough mushy stuff. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Black Enough. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you're listening and share us with all of your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Black Enough Pod and tune in next week for an all new, totally two wheeler episode. Bye!